And now your host, John Bush. Let's go ahead and bring Antonio Beeler up. Antonio, how you doing? Good, good. Thanks. Excellent, excellent. So, what's been going on in your world? Um, I recovered from Porkfest. It took a week for me to recover. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, I was on a train and a bus the entire time. Yeah, it was a pain in the butt. Oh, I hear the... Uh, so, we avoid the TSA by taking the train, but there's another little tip that people can use to avoid the pat-downs and the scanner. Tell us about it. Um, well, if you happen to hurt your shoulder um, in some sort of uh, accident, say skiing or playing basketball, um, and you can't lift your arms up over your head, then if you tell that to a TSA agent, there's a good chance that they'll just have you walk through the metal detector um, unmolested, and you can go about your way. So it's better than, better than the opt-out. And so that was at Manchester? That was in Boston, actually. And they selected you for a scanner? Um, well, everyone was going through a scanner. There's only a scanner. Yeah. And the metal detector was, was it like roped off? Yeah, it, it was, nice. uh, it, you know, no one was going through there except for, I believe, uh, flight attendants and pilots. There you go, folks. This happened for me two out of two times. It worked for me. You just go up, if they select you for the scanner. You s- I said, oh, man, I tore my rotator cuff recently and kind of grabbed my shoulder. Yeah, I can't lift my head. And I didn't even have to say that. They said, oh, okay, so you can't lift your head above your 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 hands above your head, your arm above your head, and I said no, I can't. And they just moved the rope and let me through the metal detector. It's a good double plus good. Mm-hmm. So that's three for three out of times that people have tried it. Two for myself. It worked in Austin and JFK, and it worked for Beeler there in Boston. So if you insist on flying and want to avoid the possibility of a radiation scan or the pat down, if you opt out. Here's a trick, and it's actually not opting out. Just tell them you tore your rotator cuff, and you will likely go through unmolested. Tell us your story of what happened at Rise Up Radio, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash riseupradio. We'd love to hear about it. Peace and freedom. We'll be right back with the Peaceful Streets podcast. John Bush. The Peaceful Streets podcast with myself and Antonio Beeler. Antonio Beeler is uh, the lead organizer for that organization. We don't even like to have lead organizer. He's just a guy involved with PSP, uh, as is myself. And every week we uh, bring you the latest and what's going down with the Peaceful Streets Project, what's going down with police accountability across the country. And this week we're going to spend some time chatting about a recent story that was on My Fox Austin. Pretty long stories, four minutes featuring Wayne Vincent. And we'll let Antonio give uh, an introduction to what this, this clip's all about we're about to play here. So Wayne Vincent, um, during a piece uh, that Fox 7, the local affiliate, did um, on the Peaceful Streets Project, and uh, you know this stemmed out of the Byron Carter uh, jury trial, the uh, civil case, uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, you know he came out and said that he was worried about our tactics, and he argued that if we kept escalating our peaceful uh, tactics of filming the cops that he was concerned that there would be violence that would stem out of that and that someone was going to get hurt and when I heard it I thought that it was sort of a threat um, but I just sort of sat on it for a little bit and then I had a bunch of people start calling me telling me that that it was without question a threat against us it was pretty clear that the violence was going to come from the police and so that was pretty shocking uh, people have been talking about how when you stand up to the police and you record the police that they don't like it and that they will use uh, the 
they'll distort the law to use it against you. Um, and then they said that there is a threat of bodily harm if you uh, keep doing it. And so this was the first time that I've ever had uh, what I thought was an overt threat coming from a public figure within the police department. Yeah, Wayne Vincent's the head of the Austin Police Association, the police union. And many people know that unions operate like the mafia in many instances with a bunch of thugs. So it appears that Wayne Vincent is nothing more than a petty thug that's issuing violent threats on the local Fox affiliate, Fox 7. So uh, we're going to go ahead and play it for you, and then uh, we'll chat about it, get a little more analysis on it, and, and see you know exactly what it was that was said and, and how it can be taken and, and what lies beneath the words that he's stating. And yeah, keep in mind, again, all Peaceful Streets activists have committed to nonviolence, so if any violence were to come from from the escalation of our tactics, like the Wagner Watch, which was personally following and, and making sure that we kept a closer eye on a specific police officer, which is, in a sense, an escalation. If any escalation, if any violence is going to come from our escalating tactics, it's going to come from the on behalf of the folks that engage in violence every single day, the Austin Police Department. So we're going to go ahead and play this clip, and then we'll be right back with you. There's escalation, even violence, after a local activist group announced it's stepping up efforts to record police officers on the job. The Peaceful Streets Project started something called Wagner Watch, named after an APD officer who was involved in a controversial fatal shooting. And as Fox 7's Jenny Lee reports, the APA is asking for help from city leaders and lawmakers. I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe rolling down my window. YouTube has plenty of video showing Peaceful Streets Project founder Antonio Beeler. This one was taken March 3rd. Beeler says he was following a police car as part of his cop watch. The group goes out weekly and records officers doing their jobs. Police say the officer grew suspicious of being followed, pulled Beeler over, searched him and the car. Leave me alone. I did not commit a crime. Beeler says he is now keeping a closer eye on APD officer Nathan Wagner. Wagner was involved in the controversial shooting of Byron Carter Jr. in May of 2011. A grand jury cleared the officer of any criminal wrongdoing. A federal jury also recently agreed that Wagner didn't violate any laws. The decision, however, doesn't sit well with Beeler. He was out of town but did a phone interview with us. We're just flexing more of our volunteers downtown so we can keep an eye on Wagner and just increase the scrutiny on this particular cop. We fully are... are afraid that this thing is going to turn violent before it's over because Bueller keeps uh, escalating uh, the harassment. So our officers are are out there with absolutely no relief from this kind of harassment, and it's not going to end well. Austin Police Association President Wayne Vincent says the extra scrutiny is dangerous. There's not a thing wrong with citizens filming officers, and if their intent is to try to catch officers in misconduct, uh, it would seem to me you'd want to film quietly where the police didn't even know you were there. These these folks that we're talking about get in our officers' faces, follow them around, constantly walk into the scene and start talking to the people that we're trying to deal with. So this isn't about police accountability. This is about provoking and harassing officers to try to get the officers to react. Beeler says that's not true. We don't get in the way. Okay. You know, we don't ever interact with them when they're engaged in a stop. The only time we interact with them is when they interact with us. When they go after us and they tell us that we have to move back some arbitrary distance, they interfere with what we're doing, you know, but we've never gotten between a cop and a suspect. In New York. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's part of the 
the audio from the Fox 7 piece. Uh, you can find it. And you just search uh, Austin Police Association, Peaceful Streets Project, My Fox Austin. We'll have it on the Rise Up Radio page, too, for this podcast. You can watch it yourself. Uh, I like how Beeler says, they're interfering with us. It reminds me of uh, this one time Cat was arrested. The officer says, you're interfering with our investigation. She said, you're interfering with peaceful, free people. Uh, so that was good. But the language there, we're fully... We fully are afraid that this is going to turn violent before it's over because Beeler keeps escalating harassment. I mean, as I said before, if there's any violence, it's going to come from Austin Police Department. Beeler, you got any? Are you planning on being violent with the police department? Can you think of any uh, Peaceful Streets Project activists that would escalate it to violence? No, we we've all made nonviolence a central tenet of what we do. Uh, we will be um, aggressive in our tactics. You know, we, we don't mind going after corrupt criminal cops, but we're going to do it in a nonviolent and legal manner every single time. And so it's pretty clear that um, he was talking about escalating our tactics, um, you know, and harassment, his, his version of the word harassment, but that the violence was obviously going to stem from a reaction from the police. Hmm. So you think he just came out, balls to the wall, and just issued a, a public threat in front of everybody? What do you think his goal is with, with saying that? Why did he say that on public television? You know, there's been a lot of talk about that, and something that I think actually might have some merit is some people have said that he wants to get that out there. He wants to be able to say, um, you know, I warned about this. I warned that this was going to happen so that if they ever do use violence against us, um, you know, they can come back and say, you know, we warned you guys, you know, we told you this was going to happen. And now one of our cops, you know, uh, hurt uh, a filmer and therefore don't blame us, blame them because mm -hmm. they were saying they're filming. So he's kind of setting the stage. He's putting it out there. A lot of this stuff plays out like that. These guys are slick. They have the media, Fox 7 especially, in their pockets where they can go call up the Fox 7 reporter and be like, hey, we, we want to run a story. We want it to be at this angle. Here's our press release, yada, 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 especially with Austin Police Department. So this could just be some political theater where they're setting the stage for something nasty. On the other side of this break, we'll talk about Peaceful Streets Project, the tactics we're engaging in, and, and how activists can ensure that they remain safe when dealing with criminal, corrupt, crooked cops. The Quadruple C. We'll be right back. Rise Up Radio. Peace, freedom, prosperity, and a whole lot of fun. And now your host, John Bush. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Rise Up Radio show. Today we're bringing you the Peaceful Streets podcast every Wednesday, joined by Antonio Beeler, talking about police accountability and the latest and greatest from the Peaceful Streets Project. And today we've been talking about this troubling Fox 7 piece that uh, was like four minutes long and it covers Wayne Vincent and I mean I bet they did this story because Wayne Vincent put out some sort of release or reached out to them because he had something to say and he wanted to make it clear as he says in his first big quote we're fully afraid that this is going to turn violent before it's over because Beeler keeps escalating the harassment notice he says that it's going to turn violent because of Beeler's actions not because a bunch of our cops are, are, are hotheads jacked up on on steroids and seem to have a tendency to harm and abuse people with absolutely zero accountability. It's just so backwards the way all this stuff works out. He has a really good line. You could tell he's a, a PR guy 
he says that this isn't about police accountability. This is about provoking and harassing officers to try to get the officers to react, which is not what it's about at all. We don't want to be out there. We'd much rather be doing different things, but people that are involved with this movement feel drawn and driven to participate because Austin Police Department is literally murdering young black men in East Side, killing people's dogs, tasing people indiscriminately, and uh, that's why we take action. It's not to harass police officers. That's not the goal is to just go out and harass people and make their lives hell. And uh, I think this came out because of Wagner Watch, which got a lot of stuff in the press, which was a, an effort to specifically watch and follow and keep tabs on Nathan Wagner, who killed somebody and had zero accountability. So we wanted to make sure that people were aware of his uh, actions and be aware when they're surrounding him. And because we chose a tactic that personalized the police officer rather than being against Austin Police Department in general, which is a non-existent fictional entity, it's just a corporation, uh, they're getting really scared. So that's a tactic that people should be aware of when you personalize uh, they're going to react with a lot of negativity. Now, Beeler, tell me, have you uh, have you guys in the Peaceful Streets Project uh, changed any of the tactics, or is there any new uh, memorandums circulating? Are you encouraging people to act differently, to keep doing what they're doing? Should people be act with more caution now moving forward? What's going on moving forward? Yeah, actually, um, before our cop watches now, we, we just have an, uh, another discussion, uh, just reiterating our nonviolent stance um, and just warning people that this threat has been laid out there. So we just have to be extra vigilant and careful, uh, knowing that some of these cops uh, may be looking for an excuse to do harm. Um, it's it's a really bad, you know, unfortunate situation where uh when we're exercising our most basic rights uh, to observe these so-called public servants while they're doing their public duties, that we have to take extra caution and extra, um, you know, make extra safeguards to protect our safety. Um, it's really disappointing. But like this notion that that we're just out there to harass, you know, the overwhelming majority of our videos do not have us even talking to the cops. It mm-hmm. just has us videoing. Um, you know, when cops come up to us and are polite and respectful we're polite and respectful back to them mm-hmm. the only time that we ever you know are in any way antagonistic or or um disrespectful to the police are when they are actively infringing on someone else's rights mm-hmm. they're actively infringing upon our rights or it's a cop that we've seen do bad before such mm-hmm. as adam johnson or jason mistrick um and you know we have the police accountability summit which isn't antagonize anyone we have know your rights trainings which isn't antagonize anyone mm-hmm. police abuse complaint departments isn't antagonize anyone we're trying to help grow peaceful streets throughout the country and you know i guess technically someone could say we're trying to antagonize cops in sandusky ohio and new york but mm-hmm. um you know with the uh being away from it <laughs> you know it's kind of a ridiculous claim yeah he says this isn't about police accountability it's about provoking and harassing officers to try to get them to react but as you said, the cop watch is just like 20% of Peaceful Streets Project's activities. It's not even the majority of things that we do. It may happen most often. It may not even happen most often. There's a pretty good balance of the tactics that we engage in. It is exactly about police accountability. That's the essence of the Peaceful Streets Project. Why would we put on Know Your Rights trainings and encourage people to hold police accountable? Why would we go get stories from victims of police abuse outside of courthouses and in low-income, high-crime areas 
if we wanted to provoke and harass officers. It's about getting people to tell their story, empowering people. And that's what it's been about from the get-go. And Wayne Vincent is afraid. I, I don't know if he's just saying that. I know I remember uh, Officer Jason Mistrick, badge number 4856, a.k.a. Max Rokotowski. He took the stand and said that he had to arrest me because he was afraid of what I could do. I had a camera. He didn't know if I had a weapon or not. Uh, I think it's. I think a lot of it is is lies. I don't think they're genuinely afraid. I think they probably feel pretty secure in the fact that they have a firearm and they pretty much have a blank check to use it, knowing that they're not going to be held accountable even if they use it unjustly. And I, I don't. I don't know if Wayne Vincent is afraid. I think their his officers are afraid of having their veil of legitimacy lifted. I think he's afraid of losing the support of the public. Uh, which Peaceful Streets Project aims to do. It aims to encourage people to see what cops really are, which is nothing more than criminals with badges. And if there were good cops out there, they'd probably be fired because they would rat out their other cops. There was a good, awesome police department officer a couple years ago who refused to tase an unarmed man for religious purposes. He was fired. There was a good one uh, that did wiretaps in New York City Police Department. He was locked up in a mental institution by his superiors. So we're, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to encourage people to see cops for what they really are. And I think that it has Wayne Vincent and the police department shaking in their boots. How do you think we've been doing on that front? Uh, coming up uh, after this break, we're going to chat a lot about the Police Accountability Summit, which we're really ramping up for. But before we do that, uh, do you think we're being successful in turning people or encouraging people to see cops for what they really are, removing this idea that all cops are heroes? I know that that's been one of your uh, your big things that you've been pushing how do you think that's been going so far since Peaceful Streets Project's been around? I think it's fabulous. Um, there have been a lot of people who were very defensive of the police early on, um, both you know who interacted with me often and those who barely ever interacted with me. And um, over the past year and a half, a ton of them have come around and said, "You know what? I was wrong. You know, and I'm not going to go around perpetuating this myth that well, most cops are good. Well, it's only the bad apples." And uh, you know, I keep hearing this refrain spoken more and more, cops are cowards, you know, and I think that's good. Um, and if you want to celebrate cops and if you want to, you know, make heroes out of cops, then just make sure you're doing with the right cops. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of examples of cops who are doing good heroic things to uh, celebrate. Do you think uh, Wayne Vincent, because I know Chief Acevedo and Wayne Vincent, they're, one of their main roles is PR. And they like to get out in the media and make sure that everyone has faith in them and that people aren't turning against them. Do you think Wayne Vincent is afraid that uh, we're winning the, the battle for public opinion? Oh, yeah. The tide is definitely turning, and he's really concerned that we're going to go after individual cops and make their lives miserable by letting their families and friends and neighbors know what dirtbags they are. And the union exists to protect the worst members in the union. And the worst members are those like Nathan Wagner who shoot unarmed people who haven't committed a crime, um, you know, and kill them. So, yeah, uh, a big shift. But Richard Boland, one of our uh, star activists, um, he's noticed that there's actually been two stories recently where cops in Austin have done some good. Uh, two rushed into a burning home to try to save people. And uh, a couple um, at McKinney Falls uh, jumped into the water to save people. And Art Acevedo and Wayne Vincent, they're not promoting those guys. Mm. And uh, Richard Boland made the point that these guys are so busy um, defending the criminal coward cops mm -hmm. that they don't even have time to acknowledge when their cops do good deeds. Mm. Yeah, police. Uh, they always say that police officers are heroes because they put their life on the line. 
Well, I think a hero is someone that has personal sacrifice in order to better someone else's life. And it sounds like running into a burning building or jumping into the water to save a drowned victim is that. But just driving around on patrol, you're not really in danger. There's not people shooting at cops for no reason. And most of the times when they get into a situation of danger, it's when they go try to break people up for doing victimless crimes. Even gangs that are trading and trafficking drugs, like victimless crimes, I know there's a lot of crime and and violence surrounding that. It's because it's illegal, but they're putting themselves in a situation. And as Beeler always says, if if they're afraid and if they don't want to be in that situation, then you could always find another line of work. This is the Peaceful Streets podcast every Wednesday on the Rise Up Radio Show. On the other side of this break, we're going to be chatting about the second annual Peaceful Streets Police Accountability Summit. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Rise Up Radio. You're listening to the Rise Up Radio Show. And now your host, John Bush. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Rise Up Radio Show. Every Wednesday, we bring you the Peaceful Streets podcast. And today we're doing just that with Antonio Beeler. Uh, Before we talk about the Peaceful Streets Police Accountability Summit coming up, second annual, uh, August 17th. August 17th. August 17th, 10 a.m. Tilliston College. Houston Tilliston College. We're in the heart of the east side of Austin. Really proud to be bringing that event. It's going to be dope. Dope like smoke on a rope. Whatever that means. Uh, Let's chat real quick about this Rottweiler that was killed... uh, I was never a big dog person until I had the pleasure of having cats to Rottweilers part of my life. Unfortunately, they've passed since then, but they were the best freaking dogs ever. They were like little human beings. One of them especially was kind of weird, and and it was like, like a human. He had human emotions, and he would look at you with such an expressive face. I can't imagine police officers killing my dog. I don't. I would probably be inclined to do something that would get me in a lot of trouble, Um but this seems to happen far too often. Beeler, break down what happened uh, recently. It looks like it was uh, Hawthorne, California or something. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, it was actually on June 30th, so it just happened this past week. But uh, there was, you know, some call of uh, armed robbery, so cops were clearing a house, and, you know, they were out in force. There, If you watch the video, there was probably at least a dozen cop cars there, including one that was all armored up. And uh, there were people that were on the street filming, and they were recording the police, which is awesome. I just love it when I see video of people videoing the cops. So mm-hmm. there were multiple people videoing. And one guy uh, who was an African-American man uh, had his car there. It was playing music, and he had his uh, Rottweiler on a leash, and he was standing there, and he was just filming. And he was walking back and forth across the street filming. And he was doing it. He was making the cops, you know, he was making it known to the cops that he was filming and that he was exercising his rights um, in a very obvious way. But he wasn't interfering with anything that they were doing. Um, the music wasn't deafening. They made uh, in the press release. They said that you know his music was so loud that it was interfering. Um, and they said that he basically brought it upon himself. Uh, so, um, which is a lie, and you can watch the video to see that. But ultimately. The cops start coming towards him, so he, um, realizing that he's going to be at least patted down, um, puts his dog in the car, and they come up to him, and they eventually uh, detain him, and they start to handcuff him, and the Rottweiler, um, who's obviously very protective of his owner, eventually jumps out the window, um, but doesn't attack the cops, um, and another cop runs up and just shoots the dog dead right in front of everyone. It's a pretty disturbing scene. Um, I wouldn't watch it unless you're ready to 
you know, to have some emotions come out. Um, but, uh, what's in a backwards way kind of good about it is that it was caught on video and it's so obvious that it was, uh, just unnecessary abuse by the cops, unnecessary actions from the very get go from their approaching the man, uh, to detaining him, to shooting the dog that, um, I think that that event alone has probably brought thousands of people out against the police and you know if the cops keep doing this you know they're just going to run out of supporters yeah and that's true but they still have the guns and they still operate with coercion we got to find a way to move past and beyond that because it's one thing for people to be opposed to the police and understand that they're crooked criminals but everybody still com- complies and obeys because they have guns and because if you fight back you end up getting a felony or you get killed which is i think a core key issue and uh the cameras it's so important film the police you never know when something like this is going to happen and expose them which you can see that their press release was just totally bogus a bunch of lies to cover themselves up um man i can i just can't even imagine it looks like we got the number for the hawthorne police department it's 310-349-2700 that's 310-349-2700 give them a call tell them that whoever shot the, this uh, this dog needs to be held accountable it's likely that nothing will happen, but at least you can bug the hell out of them and let them know that there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of people out there that are upset with this type of activity. Oh, man. I don't even know what what, what this guy could have done different. It's You think they could at least pull the taser out? Like, if they feel the dog is such a threat, the tasers were supposed to be used in place of deadly force. Now they're used as torture, pain, pain compliance. But why not taser the dog and then go... I don't know. Well, the guy wasn't suspected of committing a crime. They were detaining him just for to punish him, you know, to show them that, to show this guy that they could. And so in that instance where he's not a threat, he hasn't committed a crime, he's not suspected of committing a crime, that would be a good time to say, hey, man, you know, take care of your dog, right? Okay, yeah. we're going to let you go. Take care of your dog. This time roll up the windows yeah. and then we'll talk. Um, but this was just a, a perfect example of cops being bullies. And cops being cowards, mm-hmm. you know, the, the dog didn't hurt anyone. Someone came out with a graphic the other day and they said, you know, cops killed. And it's like, you know, 2,400 by gunfire, half of which was probably by other cops, mm-hmm. uh, two by wasp, yellow jackets, one by a cow, zero by dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so the fact that they're going around killing all these dogs because they're scared of them is just absurd. Yeah. And this really underscores you calling cops cowards, like... They're afraid of a dog that's just chilling there when they have all sorts of weapons and batons and oh seems like yeah you could pull your baton out and fight the dog back with your baton a couple jabs to the dog and he's going to whimper away you know not that that's the thing to do you should absolutely do nothing you shouldn't have bothered the person that was filming in the first place did this guy end up getting arrested no he didn't get arrested but it is pretty disturbing if you go to the YouTube channel um or certain uh, websites and you start looking through the comments and we do have a long way to go. I mean, there's just so many people who come out and they're immediately defensive of the cops and they blame the guy. They blame the guy for filming and they say that he was, you know, he shouldn't have been antagonizing the cop by filming. And I think that that um, is something that we really have to get over in this society, this notion that we have to be extra deferential to to people who yeah. have positions of authority. And yeah. I also think that there's an underlying uh, threat of racism. I think that, you know, had this been a white guy 
Um, had he not, you know, uh, had a Rottweiler, I think that people, uh, a lot more people would be defensive of him as opposed to the police. But mm-hmm. I think that whenever we see a black person being the victim of police abuse or being killed, um, I just see a lot more disturbing comments where people mm. uh, justify it. Um, and I guess that, that could be an entire another show. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of racists out there and a lot of cop lovers and Cops are, there's a lot of police officers, there's a lot of police officers' family members, there's a lot of uh, people that are in the law enforcement industry, and of course they're going to be the ones, the first ones to defend something like this. But it just shows why we need more numbers. We need more people. If something like this happens in Austin, we need to have a swarm of hundreds of people that come out and protest and that flyer the cops' neighborhoods. So check out PeacefulStreets.com if you want to get linked up with us, or Facebook.com slash PeacefulStreetsProject. Be Oh, yeah, I was just going to say that uh, I did have a lady come up to me the other day, uh, start a conversation with me because of the Peaceful Street sticker on the back of my car. And then she told me that she supports what we do. And, oh, by the way, my dad's a police chief in another town in Texas. And I was was shocked, but I was taken back by it. Um, But, you know, she talked about her concerns with uh, police, um, some of the challenges that he's had as a police chief and and what she said actually seemed like he was one of these rare police chiefs who was actually trying to crack down on his cops and he was facing a lot of uh, uh grief for it um so that that was pretty cool and we're having an impact travis county deputies have also come up to me and you know said under their breath hey man someone needs to do it appreciate you're doing it nice so. that's great Let's chat about the second annual Peaceful Streets Project Police Accountability Summit. looks like there's already 71 people that have RSVP'd on uh, Facebook, which is a huge number for so early in the game. It's going to be from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. August 17th, Saturday, uh, coming up here in about a month or so. Beeler, tell uh, people what they can expect if they choose to attend. We've got about two minutes left. Well, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be empowering. You're going to be around a bunch of other people who want to see accountability, uh, people who've uh, dealt with police abuse and have come through it in a very strong way. We're going to have some great entertainment. Tatiana Moroz has already uh, committed to coming, playing uh, her YouTube song, YouTube video song, and making a Peaceful Street song. Um, there's another artist pretty uh, regarded that we're trying to get there. Um, we have potentially uh, two great keynote speakers lined up. People are going to be coming in from all over the country, uh, Peaceful Streets chapters, uh, Cop Watch chapters, Cop Lock chapters. And we're aiming for a 1,000 to 2,000 people to show up. And then after the event's over, we're going to have an epic cop watch where we're going to swarm Austin with hopefully hundreds of cop watchers. And it's going to be one of the most empowering police accountability actions that I've ever heard of. And uh, it's going to put the fear of God into coward cops because there's going to be cameras everywhere. That sounds awesome. Again, uh, you can go to Facebook.com slash Peaceful Streets Project. We're going to go and get the salute to coffee in the very last segment of the show. You got your coffee there. Beeler's got a pollen burst. Hold it up. Take a sip. We salute you. And I salute you, Antonio Beeler, and anyone out there filming police. I think it really is making a difference. Let's stand up to crooked, coward cops all over the country and create a more free society.